Hello and welcome to this BMA audio feature. In this recording, we meet Dr. Essen Whitey, a junior doctor who for a few months of lockdown was running what may best be described as a fringe benefit for his colleagues. First of all, Essen, could you introduce yourself to our listeners? My name is Essen Whitey. I'm an SD6 emergency medicine trainee in South London. So during the first lockdown, you widened your skill set in a different direction and you started a pretty unexpected initiative in the A&E department that you worked in at the time. Tell us a little bit about Lockdown Lids. So Lockdown Lids initially started quite soon after lockdown had started. The barbers were closed and people's hair were becoming quite overgrown. And some people had started trying to do DIY haircuts. And I remember one nurse in particular whose girlfriend had wrapped one of those elastic bands that you use for exercising in the gym around his head and then shaved up on the lowest setting and then panicked and just stopped. So he had a completely bald side of his head and then quite long hair over the top of it. And I remember looking at his hair thinking, oh, that's, a, that's a real mess. And I myself had shaved my own hair, so I had my own clippers. So I thought, I think I could help repair that. So I brought some equipment into work and actually quite a few people were interested in getting a haircut, which I was quite surprised about because I'd never actually cut many people's hair before. My own hair was pretty simple. I just shaved my own hair. But I looked at YouTube. I looked online at some videos of people shaving other people's hair and cutting other people's hair and just started to pick up some tips from there, just try them at work. And then it was a bit of trial and error and just took off little bits of hair in the beginning when I first started rather than doing drastic new hairstyles and actually just built up some confidence and some practice with that. There were a couple of haircuts that caught me by surprise. One of the junior doctors that I work with, as I was cutting his hair, I noticed there was a dip in his skull and the clippers just went in and there was a slight chunk of hair, hair missing. But I managed to work around it and I managed to repair the area around it. But I think most people were quite happy with the haircut and actually he was ultimately happy with the haircut. No one expected professional quality haircuts, but um, they were mostly pretty good and, and people were very happy with it. The word just spread. And so, well, I started cutting more hair and recruiting a couple of my colleagues. So Jack Cullen and Lucas Scott, who were my colleagues at the time in the a &E department, were also my first haircuts that I did. They were very keen on joining me on furthering the well-being part of it and doing haircuts with me. They were really good at the um, social media part of it as well. And they set up a little private group for the emergency department there, started up an, an Instagram page, and we started to share some images and spread the word, uh, which helped gain quite a lot of popularity amongst the department, and people were very keen. It went from just doing haircuts for a couple of junior people to consultants, to juniors, to nurses, and then it went on to female staff as well. So, uh, And we basically just, it just kind of took off from there. So you, Jack and Lucas, started by doing short haircuts, um, mainly on male colleagues, but then you eventually started working with longer hair as well. Is that right? We initially started just doing men's hair because I'd never had any experience or even less experience with women's hair. And then started as we got towards the end of lockdown, a lot more of the female members of staff were also getting to the stage where they needed a haircut. I think women are generally a bit luckier where they don't need their haircut as often as men may do. But we then started doing haircuts for some of the female nurses and female doctors. And that was very nerve-wracking. I, I think I was more nervous doing 
female haircuts than male haircuts because I think the worst case scenario, and I often said to the people, was you know, worst case, we can just do a shave, a buzz cut. It doesn't really matter. It's uh, coronavirus. We're all in lockdown anyway, and we just laugh about it. But that option wasn't really there. wasn't really there with um, with female members of staff. So that was something we had to really uh, take our time doing. But we managed to do them justice, I think. And the first female haircut I actually did was my senior. Uh, was one of the consultants' hair, and she had this wonderful long thick hair and I just thought if I ruin this you know first of all you know she's a very very lovely consultant so you feel really bad in that way but you just think if I ruin her hair not only is this my boss but I'm just ruining this beautiful hair in front of me but luckily it went well so pleased with that. (laughs) That must have been a relief. So obviously you had to build up your haircutting skills um, but there were other aspects that you had to consider I mean, A&E is a busy place and you had COVID to deal with. How did you make it work? Yeah, there were a lot of challenges around doing the haircuts around work. Initially, we do the haircuts before or after a shift because of the department I worked in and in order to reduce the numbers of staff in the department all at the same time to maintain safety for staff as well. They would stagger staff and sometimes would send some members home an hour early or half an hour early to to avoid big groups of doctors at handover. And so we'd take the time then to to do some haircuts and we'd fit them in there. One of our big issues was PPE in the beginning. So we were very careful not to use any extra equipment. Um, We would wear the masks that we would wear in the department already. And in terms of carrying out the haircuts, we, we aimed to cut hair for only people on the same shift as us because we felt that that was part of a way of reducing any risk of spreading any possible coronavirus or illness at the time, because we were all making sure we were practicing safely. As hard as that is anyway in an emergency department where you're having to work in close proximity to your colleagues as well as patients. Of course. It must have been a strange environment to have a haircut in though. Were you doing this in the main A&E department? What was it like? Well, as the lockdown started, we found a room that was a little bit outside of the main A&E department which was no longer in use, and we would use that room to do the haircuts in. It didn't smell like a barbershop. It still smelled like a hospital. We had disinfectant sprays and things for for the equipment that we would use, but we didn't have the the smell of cologne or perfume or shampoo in the the department. So it was always quite interesting because you'd still hear the tannoy going off in the background and you'd hear calls for securities for patients. And it was just quite interesting to in that environment you know doing a haircut whilst those things were going on before or after work so that was quite a strange experience yeah I can imagine that in my mind and I'm sure for many listeners as well another staple of a hairdresser visit is just a good chat did you feel like you got to know your colleagues a little bit better through the experience so it was very interesting I learned a lot speaking to my colleagues during the haircuts you find out a lot about people's mentality I never really thought about you know you just go to a barber you get your hair cut sometimes you're happy with it sometimes you're not but I never think about how much interaction you have with the person in the chair and how much you can learn about them in that half an hour one colleague who's the same grade as I am so the same level as I am very confident very good doctor was very nervous about getting his hair cut and this is towards the end of the lockdown period when we'd actually gotten quite a bit of practice doing haircuts but he was still really nervous about it. And he had a really bad experience when he was younger getting a haircut. 
a really embarrassing cut as a, as a child and then have always been really nervous about their hair. And I just find that really fascinating because you don't see that at work necessarily. Uh, I think you see a different side of people at work versus you know, outside of work. And we don't really, as much as we try to be social and friendly outside of work, you often, kind of once you're finished work, you leave and you don't really interact as much. But it was just a nice way to see, see a different side of someone. And, you know, initially what started as something that was just to help out repairing a few haircuts really turned into something that, you know, people were very grateful for, very happy with. And you could really see the change in people's morale, for sure. I remember seeing a couple of people during the shifts and they were really kind of stressing about their hair and would be like, oh, when can you next do a haircut? You know, they were very worried about it. And, and then after they've had the haircut, they were a lot happier and the whole lockdown lids became a real well-being initiative and you know people also found it quite fun quite a fun thing to do and they found it quite a, a novel thing to do and everyone was very happy and it really it really did become a, a well-being initiative amongst the department that's lovely and so not only did you jack and luca provide a well-being service to your colleagues and cut about 120 people's hair over a few months but you were also fundraising can you tell me a little bit more about that early on when we started the haircuts, a lot of people had actually offered to to give us money for cutting their hair. And we had only started doing it just to help out in the department and as a well-being initiative. And then we thought, actually, if people are willing to pay for the haircut, then maybe we could put it towards a charity. And uh, my partner works for NSPCC and they were getting a lot of increased calls from domestic violence incidents. And we were noticing it at work as well that domestic violence was really going up with people being stuck at home a lot more. So we felt that actually Refuge would be a really great charity to help raise money for. And we managed to raise about £4,000 towards the end of it. We initially put a target of about £500 and we thought, oh, that might be pushing a little bit, but let's give it a go. But people really, they loved the charity as much as the actual haircutting that we were doing. And people put it up on their uh, Facebook and Instagram and we were getting donations from their family members from as far as Australia. Yeah, and we even, as we got busier, we put out a few emails to some companies and the clipper company, Wow, kindly donated us some clippers because we just needed some more equipment. So people really loved the idea and were were very generous towards a charity that we thought was really important. Wonderful. I'm sure that money will go a long way. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us, Essen. Thank you. The fundraiser page set up by Lockdown Lids is still live. If you were inspired by this story and would like to donate towards Refuge, you can visit justgiving.com slash fundraising slash luca-scott1. That's L-U-C-A-S-C-O-T-T-1. You can find the link in the track description for this audio feature. Thank you for listening.